every once in a while, we come across a man who's on a mission, a man on a mission to learn how to be a better dad. I hope that's why we are all here is because we want to become better, more present, stronger, healthier, more committed husbands and fathers. Well, my guest today is Brendan Wall. And Brendan is a man on a mission, a man committed to growth as a father. But he didn't just commit to his own growth. He committed to helping other men grow. Brendan is the host of the Dad the Man podcast, one of my favorite podcasts to listen to. And he is here today to let you know that you are not alone in this journey, in this journey of fatherhood. Many times I've come on here and said, I am not the expert. And Brennan will be quick to say he is not the expert. But together we have a conversation today about what it means to be a man who is committed to putting in the work to become a dad, making a difference. You're going to enjoy this one. Here is my conversation with Brendan Wall. You are listening to the Dads Making a Difference podcast, the number one podcast for men driven to live a life of significance. Men who want to make a difference in the lives of their families, in their business, and in the world around them. My name is Cam Hall, founder of Fight the Dabot and leader of the Dads Making a Difference Mastermind. Thank you so much for spending time with me today. Now, let's dive in. Brendan, welcome to the Dads Making a Difference podcast. Great to see you. Yeah, man. I'm so excited to be here. I really appreciate the invitation. I was telling you before we hit record here, it's just, it's an honor to be able to come on here and have a conversation with you. You know, the, well, the I, opportunity to, to just chat about being a dad and the ins and outs of it, man, it's, we go through so many of the same things and it's so easy to forget that. So to be able to come together with you, have a conversation, I'm just, I'm super excited for it. I'm glad you're here. We're both passionate about this. Uh, I came across your podcast and I was like, oh man, I got to get this guy on. I just, you know, I, I love your messaging. I love how real you are. Um, not to mention that, you know, the dad and the man podcast is pretty kick-ass, you know, so it, it's pretty good. <laughs> so if you're listening to this right after you listen to this episode, you're going to go check out Brendan's stuff. But um, Brendan, I'm, I'm pumped to get into a conversation about fatherhood with you because we're both passionate about helping dads, but you come to it from such a unique perspective. Uh, I'd love for you to share a little bit with our guys here uh, about you and why you got into this, because some guys will start from, they have their origin story, right? We've heard it before. Oh yeah. Uh, But you came into this a little bit different. So why don't you share your story with us? Yeah, I'd be happy to, and I'll try to not be too long winded, but you know, long story short on, on me, I grew up with just an unbelievable childhood idealistic best parents in the world my brother and i young one younger brother we're still best friends like best family dynamic ever um you know so fortunate in that i had you you hear a lot of guys who have the example of what not to be when they grow up based on what they see from within their own home and that was not me i had the example to follow so i was very fortunate um in that regard um i met my wife in college we met uh, at auburn university we we dated for a short time right after school, we wasted no time and get married. That was, uh, you know, just a no brainer for me. So we got, we got married right out of school and, and I had these plans just, you know, I wanted to work X amount of years, get to this point in my career, have this much money in the bank before starting a family. You know, I had this plan. It was about five years. I remember telling my wife, okay, if you can just give me five years, like I know I can get us to a good spot. It'll be great. 
and you know i'll be i'll be ready to take this on mm-hmm. and you know you know what they say like tell god your plans he's going to laugh at you and give you something different right something better yeah. and about 5 days later i came home and there was a positive pregnancy test sitting on the table and i we found out that you know we were going to be welcoming our first son into the world and of course like didn't fit the plan that i had in my head but you know you hear so much about infertility and different things like that so just a blessing from god that it did play out that way. Of course, I was very excited. I started feeling the natural, like provide for the family. Let's get after it. Let's hustle. Like my five-year window, I was like, okay, I got to do it all in a year. I got to condense it before the baby gets here. You know what I mean? Um, And I felt all that. And that's okay. Like, that's a great thing. That's a wonderful thing. We should strive to provide for our families. Like, it shouldn't be this, like, choose one or the other. You can do both well. I just didn't do one either. Like, I didn't do them both well. Um, work kind of became the outlet for me. You know, I want to provide for my family and I kind of got stuck into that to the point where I couldn't really disconnect when I wasn't at work. So, you know, and that wasn't intentional, you know, and I don't think from the outside looking in, anybody would say, oh, you weren't a great husband. You weren't a great dad, whatever. But like, I knew in my heart that I wasn't like, I knew that like, even when I was coming home and I was talking to my wife, talking to my kids or talking to, you know, holding my son at that time, I wasn't talking to him too much. He was, you know, a couple months old, but I was still just had that door open to my inbox in the back of my mind. You know what I mean? Just couldn't quite disconnect that, you know, fast forward a little, we had another son a couple years later, welcomed my son Brooks into the world and, you know, kind of just felt a little bit more of that pressure and just work was so tangible for me. Like I knew that there were easy, not necessarily easy wins, but quantifiable wins. I knew like, you know, when the project gets done, you know, when you get to you know, this point in the, in your career, you know, when you make this amount of money, you know, when you close this sale, whatever it is, it's, it's tangible, it's quantifiable. It's easier to get a win to say, I did it. I checked the box I'm moving on. So I naturally gravitated a bit more towards that. Whereas at home, you don't really get that feedback in the same way, right? You don't get that when bedtime goes really smooth or you have a great moment with your wife, all amazing things, all things that we should pursue, but it's less of a tangible thing. And I just lost sight of that in that time. I was a bit directionless and Man, I just ended up, you fast forward that a little bit into the the COVID time period, and I was really forced to sit still. I was forced to sit at home, and God pinned me down, and he said, you know, hey, look at this. This is the life that you're missing. I realized that I was missing. I saw everything I was missing at the breakfast table in the mornings because I was going to work early. I saw everything I was missing throughout the day. You know, to and from the activities, the lunchtime, the arts and crafts, the the laughs, the moments, the the memories, the walking for the first time, all those things that happened throughout the day. I saw all of that. I saw the things at dinner time that I was missing and at bath time and getting ready for bed, the things that I was missing because one, I was either coming home late, I was staying at the office, or two, I was coming home and I wasn't emotionally in the game. I was just distracted. And I saw all that. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to miss this is flying, but I'm going to miss this. I'm going to look back in 10 years. My kids aren't going to be at this point, you know, three and five, they're going to be 13 and 15. And they're going to be off to the races about to start driving. And then they're not going to give a damn about spending time with me anyway. And that really haunted me like immediately. Like I know that was divine intervention in my life. And I believe that to my core. And, you know, from that, I had I had all these ideas like okay I want to pass this this thought on I want to I want to help other people have this same lesson or or pass this along to everybody and I thought about business thought about all these things my wife just said one day why don't you just start a podcast you're always talking about podcasts you could talk about whatever the heck you want to talk about 
And I think in her mind, she was like, you can stop talking to me about podcasts and all these things. You can just do it on your own <laughs> yeah. show. So I said, you know what? When I heard that, dude, it scared me. It excited me all at the same time. And I said, all right, let's go. So I bought a course um, from Travis Chapel. I don't know if, if anybody here follows him, but I did one of his courses to get up and rolling and sunk some money into it. So I had some sunk costs to, to weigh me down to stay committed to it. And man, I just started rolling from there, started reaching out to people. And the whole idea of the show, Dad the Man, is just man let's just bring on guys that we all know and love and respect and look up to for what they do professionally whether they be athletes authors entrepreneurs you know whatever it is right guys we know from social media from tv movies whatever let's bring them on and let's just have a conversation about what it's like in their home in the day-to-day you know like i was just talking to rich froning the other day on the show and you know we were talking about taking kids on vacations and he was he said it so well he said something to the effect of like it was a disaster but it was great. You know what I mean? And and I was like, immediately, I was like, I know exactly what you're talking about because we all know what it's like to try to take her. You're just, it's an away game. You're just taking your kids to parent them somewhere else to some extent. Right. But he gave some great insights on how to approach that. But I say all that just to say, we go through so many of the same things as men, as husbands, as dads. And I'm really just trying to pull that thread, that red thread that is strung between all of us and say, Hey, we're all having this shared experience. We're in this thing together and just trying to to highlight that for people so that they don't feel like they're on an Island. Like I thought I was on one myself. So man, it's been a journey of personal development and exploration. And, um, it's been a heck of a ride so far. I've had a lot of fun with it to say the least. I love it. You know what I'm, what I admire about your approach, Brennan, is that you come to this looking for information, looking to learn, looking to grow, have these conversations with guys who are just, we might see them as, um, yeah, like athletes, celebrities, successful, you name it. And you come to it just being real. Like, Hey, this guy's a dad, just like I am struggles Mm -hmm. with the same things I do. And you're just really, you're just real in your conversation. I want to just let you know that I appreciate that about you. It's not coming to it as an expert, as a know-it-all, which too often we've seen. Hey, yeah. <laughs> I, I appreciate that. That's yeah. the, I, I say it all the time on the show. I'm like, trust me, I am not the guy with all the yeah. answers. I, I am in search of them trying yeah. to figure it out, but I am definitely not the guy with all the answers. Um, so yeah, that, that means a lot to me to hear that. I appreciate that. Yeah. Well, I'll let you know that selfishly, I do this as well to learn from the people who come on. I take so many notes and learn so much from each conversation, and I'm sure it will be the same with this. Uh, Can I circle back to something that you shared? You shared a couple of things, just sharing your story. You talked about having plans. You know, we had a plan. We're going to get married. There's going to be this five-year window. We're going to make sure that we have stability. You use that word, you you know, and I know that probably is financial stability, life stability. Yep. We've had our experiences. Why are we so eager to make plans? Because I, Kim and I have been married now uh, 12 years. <laughs> I got to get that. Congratulations. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah don't, don't mess that up. No, no. Good. Mess that up. <laughs> uh, just a recent, ha- recently had an anniversary about 12 years and I'm going to let you in on a little secret. Maya, my 11 year old daughter, we found out we were going to have Maya the morning of our wedding. Oh my <laughs> That's what I found out. I was going to be a dad, man. Wow. That's a big uh, day. Uh, yeah. Uh, so there's another, wow. backst- there's another backstory to that too, but here's, here's the thing we can make plans, but God has a plan for our life. 
And you mentioned that. So why are we so eager as dads, as men, professionals who come from uh, maybe a corporate background? Why, why are we so eager for, to plan everything? Yeah, you know, I think it's a good thing, first and foremost, like to have a vision, you know, to mm -hmm. have a vi vision, a general direction. Um, I think where we get ourselves into trouble is when we really try to identify where that vision and direction comes from. Like for me, my vision and direction was not rooted in my faith that honestly like me having to have that level of control really just exposed my lack of faith for the plan that god had for my life and that's been the biggest thing that i have learned in my own development just from having kids and just trying to i mean all the things you think of that come just to keep a kid on the tracks from you know my oldest is six now and we've got a six-year-old four-year-old and nine-month-old twins um just it's a crazy ride. Right. And at some point for me, I just recognized, okay, it's time that I stop trying to control everything because I can't, I can't, and I shouldn't like me trying to control that need for control is evidence of my lack of faith. And I had to really look myself in, in the eyes in the mirror and recognize that. And then just submit to like, God, I come to you with this, like the, you tell me where to go and I'm going to be here to love my family in the best way that I can lead them in the best way that I can. And, you know, the vision and the direction that I have, I hold it much less tightly. It's much more loosely held now because I'm not the one really steering the ship, if that makes any sense. I'm I'm more I, I kind of look at it more like God's calling the plays and I'm out there trying to run them as he calls them. But it's more of a play by play scenario than I think, you know, I used to want everything. I wanted to see the big vision. Right. I want to see right. things from start to finish. I wanted to see what that if you want to keep the analogy going, we'll see every play that was going to be called from the first snap of the game to the end of the fourth quarter. But in reality, I think in our faith, it works much more like, hey, you're going to get one play at a time and that's it. And you got to trust that there's a game plan. You got to trust that the plays are going to work together, that there is a there is a bigger vision, bigger than what you can see in front of you right now. And our only duty, our only obligation and responsibility is to go run, you know, maybe it's maybe it's run the ball up the middle. Maybe it's throw a Hail Mary. It's going to be somewhere in between. We just got to run the play that that's called for us at the, at the right time. And you, the only way you know what the, what the play is, is like for me, I've really rooted my life more recently. This is something I've really grown into more recently. So I don't, you know, again, I don't want to make it sound like I've got everything figured out. But the last couple of months have really rooted my life much more deeply into a spiritual discipline of waking up in the morning, reading my Bible and, you know, I, I used to do it all the time. And then, you know, you kind of get on the plan and then you fall off for a day or two and then you're off the plan. Um, but for me, it's, it's really just changed into like the discipline of doing it every day. Some days are going to feel more meaningful than others, but I have that connection and with, with God. And I, and I pray through that every single morning. Um, and, and his voice becomes clearer and clearer to me, the, the more that I do that. So I, I wanted to connect those dots there before mm -hmm. I quit rambling. Yeah, no, I, I can have a tendency to, to be a bit long winded here. So I apologize. And don't worry if I'll cut you off. Okay? <laughs> I, I think like what you're sharing is impactful. And so you mentioned this level of control that we want to have, and we want to have it by crafting a vision for our life. Hey guys, I wanted to take a moment and talk about our community of DMD brothers in the DMD mastermind. We are men who help each other to stay focused and intentional in our pursuits of personal, professional, physical, financial, emotional, and spiritual growth. We are a community of men who bring courage, wisdom, and transparency to unfiltered conversations that challenge us 
to be more impactful men, to be dads making a difference. We do this through our online and in-person events where men come together to speak into each other's lives and then turn around and do the deep work to create change in their families, in their businesses, and in the community around them. If you are wondering if this community might be right for you, you can find more information on the DMD Mastermind, and you can also book a call directly with me at dmdmastermind.com. Now, let's get back to our show. Now, you're very honest and saying you've been growing through this recently. This is something that you're being intentional about. And it sounds that when you first started uh, during this season, I just had wrote down the season of providing. You needed to do it all in one year. You know, work was an outlet. You couldn't disconnect away from your work. Mm-hmm. How does this differ from a vision? How does providing and the drive to provide differ from having a vision for your life? Well, I, I think the where you can really draw a line tactically is, you know, the way that I think about it is trying to be as efficient with my time as possible. And what's the word stewarding the time that I have as best as possible. You know, everybody says, be present where you are, be present where you are, be present where you are. And it's like, it's so trite and overplayed and, but it's so freaking true. Like that, that is it. Like I've struggled with the work-life balance because oftentimes when I'm at home, I'm worried about work. I'm worried that I'm not doing enough. I'm worried that I haven't done what I need to do. And like, there's something else to do and I could drink more money, whatever. And then when I'm at work, I'm like, oh man, I, you know, I yelled at my son last night or like bedtime didn't go well. And then I'm worried about that. But if we can just flip that and say, okay, when I'm at work, I am hundred miles an hour. I'm going to go for it. I am, you know, I'm kicking ass. I'm disciplined. I'm in the game. I'm doing everything that I can do. And then when I'm at home, the same is true. Like if you're in two places at one time, you're nowhere, you're lost, you're wa- it's watered down. And the same dynamic exists, I think, when we're on our cell phones at home too. Like, you know, if you're sitting in the living room with your family, but you got Instagram pulled up, you're not with your family. And you're also not really with Instagram. You're just kind of scrolling through life and you're, you're just, you're going to, you're going to lose it. But I think it's that idea of, of stewarding your time. Um, we also, we, I think everybody would say, you know, if you could have more time, you'd take it. But I think it's much, that's not really an option. So I think it's much more a game of let's steward the time that we have better. And the more that I focus on that, and, and again, so much easier said than done. Um, and I go through phases now where it's, you know, sometimes it's week to week, a better one week, and then I'm off a little bit more the next week. And that's okay. It's more of the game of just calibrating it and being mindful of it, you know, as you go. That's the way that I see it, at least. And by being mindful of it, you're being intentional with it, right? Mm-hmm. It serves a purpose yep. that if you're stewarding your time, you're in control of your time. And when you're in control of your time, you just operate more efficiently. You really do. Yeah, so you got to control the things that you can control, right? Yeah. Like ev- there's so many things that we cannot control. And those are often the things that we worry about the most, but we don't even think about the things that we can control that we're not. Like we don't think about what time we like, what does our routine look like at the end of the day? Like I know for me, at the like the days when I go to bed, I go ahead and set the coffee pot up. I go ahead and set out my Bible and my notebook. I go ahead and set out my clothes. I set out the cup of ice water that I can chug right when I get up. When I do those three, four, five things at, in at in the evening, and I, I can control that, right? Like that's not necessarily going to produce a tangible result, but it is going to put me on the path to achieving the things that I want to achieve and being the person that I want to be. So if I can control that, I'm going to wake up on time. I'm going to nail my morning. I'm going to exercise. I'm going to read my Bible. I am probably going to work on something for the podcast and I'm going to do all these things. And by the time my family wakes up, I'm a different person. Mm-hmm. Like I'm the best version of me that I could possibly be on that day. If I do those things that I know I need to do, if I can control those things that I know I need to control. And I know that, but like, 
today I didn't do them just hand raised. I didn't do them. And I started off running towards third base that I ran the wrong, uh, you know, it was just one of those mornings And this whole morning. I've kind of been climbing myself out of the hole of gosh, I just am not on my A game today. Why not? It's because I didn't control the things that I could control. I didn't get up. I didn't read my Bible this morning and work out. I just I slept in and it just didn't happen. And then I wasn't the person that I needed to be. So if you if we can just get to a place where we're disciplined enough to control the things that we can control and let enough time go by, then I think, you know, we're going to be in a much better place than if we don't. I can tell you that. You, you said a word there that a lot of people are scared of, and it's being disciplined. Yeah. You know, being disciplined to be able to take control and do what you need to do. Man, I struggle with this. You know, I, I come into this office and I can sit here and easily get sidetracked on scrolling this or sending this message or away from what I actually need to do. And yeah. I think as men, we struggle with that. Mm-hmm. But it's interesting because we're talking about stewarding time and this is something you've learned and something you've worked on, you're being intentional about. But this also connects to that awakening moment you had when work was all consuming and you mm-hmm. said that there was a moment of stillness where you were forced to sit still during a period of time where mm-hmm. your eyes were open to like, whoa, wait a second, I'm missing out, yeah. I'm missing out. What did you learn about the power of stillness? We were forced, we were all forced into stillness, yeah. <laughs> but what did, what did you learn personally as a dad, as a husband through that time? Man, I just, one of the things I've, I've learned and, and you know, it happened in that moment. It's something I found through running more recently. A lot of people meditate, but you know, we have to give ourselves space. Like space mm-hmm. is, an, it's a necessary thing for us to process our thoughts. When you, if you think about just inputs and outputs, think about all the inputs that come in during the day. Like you know, it, it, and just think about today versus five years ago versus 10 years ago. Like you think about the things we see on TV, the things that we inter- like, just things that are in our own home. Then you think about like every time you go to the bathroom, you take in your phone with you and you're pulling up Instagram, you're pulling up Twitter, you're pulling up TikTok and you're scrolling and it's constantly in, 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 in. At some point, like you're just, you have no direction because you're filling your brain. You're so it's crowded. You can't possibly think clearly. It's just system overload. It's not possible to interpret all of that very well over time it's not for me at least i've found that to be absolutely true but in, if you can give yourself some space where you are you know sometimes it takes some courage to sit alone with your own thoughts because sometimes we have emotions and feelings that come from our experiences that we don't necessarily want to sit with and sometimes we have to look ourselves in the eye like that day when i was sitting there and i was like i haven't i'm not happy with the direction this is going i and this is on me like the hand raised. I don't like what I've been doing and I don't like who I'm going to be if I keep doing this. And I think if, if we can have the courage to sit with that and own that, it's, it's our best shot to move forward in a better direction. Ignorance isn't bliss. I can tell you that, but, and you're not going to know, you're not going to know if you're ignorant or how ignorant you are, I should say, because I think we all are to some extent, but you won't know how ignorant you are if you're not willing to at least sit still with your own thoughts. And, you know, I found that that day. I find that in prayer on a daily basis. And running is a hobby that I've picked up more recently. And I love it for that reason. It's solitude. It's space. You know, sometimes, of course, sometimes I throw on some music and like really get after it and run hard. But more often than not, I just want to give my brain the opportunity, my heart, the opportunity to process, to just take a break and, you know, just clear, just clear the operating system a little bit. And then at that point, that's where my best direction and points of clarity come from. Those are the moments when I hear God's voice to tie that back into what I was talking about before. Right. You know, I don't hear God's voice when I'm scrolling on Instagram or I'm watching TV or, um, you know, just in this low frequency state of mind, but in that space, 
if you can sit still in it long enough, that's, that's the, those are the times when I hear God's voice and direction in my heart. You've, you've shared a lot of things that you've learned to do, right? Mm -hmm. Managing your time, being disciplined, taking control, going for the run, creating space, um, to bring these together, I think one of the best things you do in your podcast is you bring together like simple steps that people can do that are realistic, right? So yep. these guys come on, your guests come on and they share, we look at them as experts and they share like real life stories, but actionable things that you can implement right now. Mm -hmm. You know, going through what you're going through right now, you know, as a dad of young kids and growing through this alone as a father, because we are alone as a father. We're in, a, yeah. I'm the only dad in my house right now. You know? And there's times where you can feel isolated. Yeah. Uh, what has pushed you to do the work? What has pushed you to do the work? And what are some tips that you can give to a couple of guys listening to step up and, and do the work? Yeah. Well, the, I mean, for anybody with kids, you know, your kids are watching you and you know that because you know that you, everybody's had that moment where your kids say something, you're like, where the heck did you get that from? And then you think about it for a minute and you're like, dang it, that came from me for sure. They are yeah. watching every single thing that yeah. we do. And in the, like, just to be very clear and transparent about like in my morning routine, when I do, I read my Bible and I write down a few things and I write down, be the man that God created me to be, be the husband that you know, I vowed that I would be for my wife, be the man for my three sons to model, be the man who sets the bar for my daughter and, you know, be the man who leads his family and everybody he encounters towards Christ. And then I, under that, I write, they're watching and I write that every day. And it gives me chills even just to say that, because it, that's my reminder daily that it's, it's not about me. Like I know that God put me where I am for a reason. Um, but it's not for my glory, it's for his glory. And the best way that I can honor that is to lead the people that, you know, I've, I've been given responsibility over. Right. Mm -hmm. So that from a why standpoint, like I, I, I remind myself of that daily, as far as things that people can do every day, like, you know, if there's a couple things that I think we just at a fundamental level have to recognize one, this is an imperfect game. There's no perfect dad. There's no perfect blueprint. Nobody's going to bat a thousand. It's going to look more like your success rate as a dad. I think we have to recognize it's going to look more like a batting average than it is a free throw shooting percentage. Like it's just, it's just the nature of the game. Um, but I think, you know, how can we catch ourselves in those moments where we're getting down on ourselves? Like I beat myself up like crazy. If I say I snap at my son and, you know, I know that I shouldn't. And, and, and I know that I'm not like, I tell myself, I'm not going to do this again. And I'm telling myself in the moment, I'm not about to do it. I'm not about to do it. And then I do it. And I'm like, dang it. Yeah. Like we all have those moments. And I think we just have to be quick to quick to not forget them, but forgive ourselves for them. And something that I'm a huge fan of is, you know, I think in the military, they call them after action reviews. You could call it like a quick audit. Like what, just think about it. What happened in the scenario that led to me, you know, snapping at my son? Did I clearly it's first, we have to recognize it's not something that my son did. It's something that I'm not like, I'm outside of my skill set. I need to get better. Like, I think that's a fundamental shift that we have to make. We can't say my, my son made me so mad that I yelled. We have to say, I got pushed outside my skill set. I have to get better. How do we get better? man i think it goes back to controlling the things that we can control like are you getting up in the morning are you in are you getting in the word or whatever that practice may look like for you but for me that's non-negotiable are you exercising like are you oxygen oxygenating the blood in your body that is actually going to make you a happier better person that's going to vibrate at a better frequency are you doing the things that you need to do handling your other responsibilities so that when your kids wake up 
when the day actually starts, when your fan, like you're ready to welcome them into the world, like you are ready for that. And most of the times when I have the moments where I, I, I end up getting hard on myself. I'm like, dang it. I shouldn't have done that. I can, I can tie it back to like, what have my last five, 10, 15, 20, 50 days looked like. Mm-hmm. And somewhere along the way, I've kind of fallen off the rails. And then I have to go back to that and say, okay, I have to get back to basics. I have to get back to what I can control. And it's not always, it's not necessarily direct. So sometimes I feel like people don't want to believe it, but being the best version of ourselves and making sure that we're intentional with it gives us the best opportunity for success with whatever life or our, you know, stubborn kids throw at us. Man, powerful stuff. I wrote this down. I got pushed outside my skill set and I need to get better. You know, all that screams to me is ownership. You know, taking ownership over your journey. I, I have these three pillars that are on my wall. Know your why, aim for growth, and take ownership. And without the ownership piece, we're not going to get better. You know, we're right. we're not we're not going to learn. We're not going to grow. We'll feel stuck. And everything you you've shared so far in this conversation, I think, just comes back to this thing theme of ownership. You've there's periods in your life you just decide I'm taking ownership over this. And it's not going to be easy. It's going to be uncomfortable, but I'm going to do the work and I'm going to do this and own this. So man, good on you. Like, I know you would I, never I say that you're it. an expert, but you know, the guys who are listening to this right now, are learning from you who guys who are listening to this right now can hear in your voice and in your story that, Hey, I can do this too. And so yeah. I appreciate your honesty and your vulnerability and sharing that. I appreciate it, man. Yeah, that's it's funny. That's I was I said something on um, my podcast the other day. Basically, like yeah, I feel like everything I share on here is all the things I've done wrong. It's I, I don't get to I don't often share like hey, there's something. Hey, I did great today. You know what I mean? Um, but I actually had I I can't even remember what the episode was at this point. But I shared something where I was like, this feels a little bit weird because I feel like I'm normally just like, ah, oh, guys, I did it again. Here, don't do what I did. You know what yeah. I mean? Um, but you know that's that's what it's all about. Yeah. The, the best thing we can do is learn from other people's mistakes, right? Yeah. So speaking about learning, what is one area of growth that you're excited about right now or you're digging into as a dad? Man, I think it's really, I mean, it, it's real. Number one, it's the things that I've been talking about. Like I told you, I'm not somebody that I've has always had this kind of figured out. I wouldn't say I've got it figured out now, but I think one, it's it's just that that discipline of being trying to be consistent and being the best, giving myself to be the best version of myself every single day, controlling what I can control. And, you know, my spiritual growth is, is as strong as it's ever been in my life right now. So I'm very excited about that. Um, you know, I'm in this place now. So I told you my, I've got a six-year-old, a four-year-old, and we, and we have nine month old twins. It's been a crazy, crazy ride, like not to go too long winded on the story, but we adopted the twins wild ride, two year journey up and down. Um, and we've kind of the dust has finally settled to an extent. So, you know, we're, we're settling down now. It's everything's finalized and summer has been crazy. And, you know, we're, we're the kids are about to start school again. And, you know, we in the back of our heads, we've kind of always thought like, OK, we're going to get to this point and the dust is going to settle. And then it's going to be like, then we're going to be able to relax. Then we're going to be able to make time for date night. Then we're going to be able to make time for one-on-one time with our kids. And, you know, one of the things I've really been focused on very, very recently, and this is where I have to get better. Like, this is not something that I've, I've implemented well to this point, but I'm excited about getting better about it is just recognizing that no matter like what's like, there is no period of the dust settling. That is an illusion. That is the mirage in, in, in the desert. 
that's the Coke vending machine that you see on the other hill in the desert. Like that doesn't that period of time doesn't exist. You know, I think in my head of subconsciously just think when it's easier, I'll do it. But it's just I think really just a game of fighting for our priorities and recognizing that it's okay that it's a fight. You know what I mean? Like if we don't prioritize our lives, it's going to prioritize itself. And um, it's just it's showing up every day and and going to work and saying, you know what, honey, you and I are going to go on a date night tonight. Damn it. I don't care what's going on. I don't care how little money we have left in the checking account for the week. I don't care, you know, how busy the kids are. We're going to do this. And and that's where I've got to grow, to be quite honest. And that's what I'm excited about. Life wasn't meant to be boring. You know, life is exciting. It pushes us each day. And, you know, for you to grow through that right now, congratulations on the finalization of the adoption. I know that that I've had friends who have gone through that. And, man, that can be quite the process. So, oh, yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, it's heck of a ride and wouldn't change a thing. But, yeah, heck of a ride, that's for sure. Incredible. Um, Brandon, if somebody wants to connect with you, learn more about you or listen to your podcast, where can they do that? Well, first, man, I just want to say thanks. Um, like I said at the beginning, it's an honor. It's a privilege to get to come on here and have a conversation with you and you know, share some of my thoughts. I tell my team at work all the time that I process my thoughts so much better out loud. So I can't even tell you how helpful and therapeutic and um, this gives me so much direction and energy to be able to come on and really just articulate some thoughts out loud. So first of all, thank you for doing this. Thank you for holding the space. Thank you for leading men in the way that you do. Um, you, you're doing tremendous work and I'm thankful that you're doing it. If any, if you guys want to check me out, you can find me on Instagram. It's at dad.the.man. The podcast is called dad, the man. That's really going to be the best place to find me. Apple, Spotify, wherever else we're not on YouTube yet working on that, but you know, anywhere else you should be able to find the show. If you can't find it, DM me on Instagram. I respond to every DM. Um, so yeah, we've got some really great episodes out there, guys that you know, you, you probably know, you know, from Jordan Spieth, Tim Kennedy, Steepy, uh, Mayochich, and, you know, Sean Lowe and Eric Decker. Dan, d- we've got an amazing list of guys that have dedicated, donated their time to serving the folks who listen to our show. And nobody's benefited more hand-raised than me because I get to ask them very specific questions that serve me. But I assume that if it serves me, it'll serve others. So if you want to check that out, that'd be awesome. But uh, yeah, man, thanks again for, for holding the space. I've really enjoyed this today. Well, Brent, I appreciate you. Uh, thank you for the kind words. I I wish you all the best as you move forward. I want to stay connected with you. You got an amazing thing going. But again, thanks for being here. I appreciate you. All right, brother. I appreciate it. Thanks. Thank you for joining me today on this episode of the Dad's Making a Difference podcast. I hope you found value in today's show. And if it made a positive impact on you, please share it with someone you know, leave a five-star review, and subscribe so you don't miss out on upcoming episodes. And if you are a father listening to this right now who is driven to build a life of significance, to truly make a difference in the life of your family, in your business, and in the community around you, Go to dmdmastermind.com to learn more about the Dads Making a Difference Mastermind, a mastermind group for fathers that provides men with the skills, the connections, the accountability, the proven steps, and the brotherhood to truly become a dad making a difference. I'm Cam Hall. Thank you for spending time with me today, and I will see you on the next episode of the DMD Podcast.